You're listening to Spice Radio 1200 AM with Mankira Nodula. And International Women's Day is coming. And we're talking about a nonprofit organization called Ladlia. And this nonprofit organization is celebrating and empowering daughters and inspires South Asian girls and women of all ages to become empowered individuals. We are now speaking to Manvir Bangu, the executive director. Manvir, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you so much for having me. Let's talk about how did Ladlia get started? Um, I think Ladlia started way before the organization was actually formed. I think it was a thought that I had as a young girl growing up in Canada, seeing how our community uh, often differentiated between boys and girls, sons and daughters. Uh, And that led me to want to do something about the issue and raise awareness about it. So it started about 10 years ago as a Facebook page where I was just sharing um, articles and, you know, thoughts and opinions, uh, any research that was happening at the time where there wasn't much happening. Um, and then eventually, you know, over time, I was like, I want to do more. So we incorporated and became an actual nonprofit organization and have grown since then. And what I love is some of the topics that you have conversations about, because I don't feel we have enough conversations about them. For instance, you talk about, you know, the eldest daughter syndrome. Now, I'm not the oldest. I'm the middle child, so I'm in a funny position. <laughs> I know what it's like to be the oldest, but I also have the advantage of being the youngest. Can you tell us what exactly is the eldest daughter syndrome? So I'm actually the middle child, but I'm the eldest daughter in my family. And I think it comes from, you know, the, this idea of talking about the eldest daughter in, in a South Asian household, or particularly the Punjabi household, um, and of, across other cultures as well, how this daughter is kind of holding, you know, the family together, is playing the role of a parent, you know, uh, to the younger siblings, is kind of like um, supporting her mom with the cooking and the cleaning and all the things that we see traditionally women do and it's kind of, you know, becoming this next person in charge after the mom of the house. And we see that a lot of these um, older daughters uh, like myself feel like, you know, grow up feeling like there's a lot of pressure on them to be a certain way, to be a good girl, to be the girl that always listens and puts everybody first and puts herself last. And somehow that's considered like, you know, heroic or, um, you know, a, a selfless person, but we see that how it can actually be quite damaging to the wellness and, um, you know, health of a lot of uh, girls and women and how they then start to, you know, in, kind of copy some of these behaviors in their personal relationships going forward and always putting others first and not asking for anything, being happy with the bare minimum and um, not, you know, raising their voice when they see something wrong happen. And we see a lot of that with the girls that we work with as well. And it's really interesting that all the work that we do through Laglia, we attract, I would say, 90% of the older daughters in a family to come out and support our work. Wow, that's really interesting. And the, the other part I want to talk about, too, is just the mental health component, too. You know, when you have to be the one that has to be the strong one, you know, you, you don't want to be the one mm-hmm. that's weak because you don't want to break down the entire family. I mean, what are the consequences of, you know, of having that kind of pressure being put on the daughter? I think, you know, it's quite detrimental, and the older that you get, the more you realize, like, I didn't really stand up for myself. I didn't really, um, you know, reach the, the kinds of goals I wanted to reach because I always was, um, I, I limited my own self. Yes, the world's going to tell you, you know, you need to be careful and you need to be um, afraid of things, but uh, we see, you know, if you compare this to younger sisters, uh, and we see this every single day in our work, they are very much, you know, they're more open, they're more carefree, and it's because they get to walk on the, the kind of the path that the older sister had to create on her own. Um, and we see older 
sisters are now or older daughters are finally, you know, kind of reclaiming their lives and saying, no, this is not what I want to do with my life. This is not who I am. I want to be um, this versus, you know, the person that you all think I am. And a lot of us grew up living, um, you know, two or three lives. We were someone else at home. We were someone else outside and really didn't have a good sense of our own selves. And I think that's quite detrimental to the wellness or the well-being of, of a girl, especially when she's young. Exactly. And one of the things I want to ask you too is why do you think we continue to see this pattern? You know, even let's say there's an older brother and then you've got the sister. Why does it all always go to the sister to be that one that has to be responsible? I think it comes down to some preference, which is, you know, really the, the issue that Larjan was founded on or tackles every day. Um, I think we have, a, you know, a generic preference in our community to um, love and support our sons no matter what they do. And I'm not saying this happens in every household or in every family, but I think generally, you know, we see uh, and we all know someone who prefers their sons over their daughters. That doesn't mean they love they don't love their daughters, but they will, you know, they will overlook the shortcomings of a son or the flaws in their son versus their daughter because essentially you're looking at your daughter and you're thinking, who's going to marry you if you're like this, you know? And um, that's how we're all kind of raised, like, to be these, like, potential daughters-in-law and, like, potential wives and it's not really about what we want. It's about if people will want us for who we are, if we are not this, like, ideal good girl. So for a son, I think there's a lot less pressure. Of course, there's pressure on boys as well, but I think there's a lot less pressure in terms of, like, you know, who you're expected to be because you're not supposed to go and marry into a new family, right? So I think a lot of it we see, I mean, we all grew up in this culture. We know the pressures are faced, uh, the pressures that we face are coming from a lot of, like, you know, oh, who's going to, like, and I don't know, say in Punjabi, like, right? Or you have, um, you're so, uh, you're too vocal, like, oh, you're too educated now, you think you know everything, but sons don't really hear things like that, and I think a lot of those expectations and responsibilities are still placed on daughters, because you're expected to go into another family and, and take on that responsibility. Manveer, you started off Ladlia as a Facebook page way back in 2013. It's been almost 10 years, a decade. Yes. So have you seen a generational, you know, shift in how, you know, generations, have you seen a shift in how generations look at women's rights, you know, over the last 10 years? So I do know when new immigrants come in, there's a certain generation who will look at women's rights and, you know, who will look at sons and daughters in different ways. Do you think the women of today, the South Asian women of today, the newer generation, they are more aware of their rights and things have changed in the decade that has gone by? Uh, definitely. I think things have changed, but I wouldn't say this issue is, you know, uh, more related to immigrants or non-immigrants. I think it's just a general issue that we have in the community, but things are changing. We do see people becoming more aware, and that's where a lot of uh, organizations like Larging play a role in just educating girls on their rights and their responsibilities and their freedoms and, you know, their options in life. But at the same time, um, our families are still, you know, continuing patterns of oppression or continuing fun preference, and that is still impacting girls at a young age. You know, we still hear comments about our daughter's birth. We still hear comments about when um, a, a woman is pregnant um, and her family is telling her, I hope, you know, your first one is a boy or by God's grace, you have a son. So I think we still have a long way to go in terms of that. But yes, things have changed. Um, but we're, we're a long, long away, way away from uh, gender equity in our community. Mm -hmm, definitely. And, you know, especially with the work that you do in talking to the woman, how do they feel about even just having the space, you know, to have these kinds of conversations? 
I think it's so amazing. And honestly, when people say, why did you start it? I think it was something that I wish I had when I was growing up. Um, and I, you know, there's so many things you have to navigate on your own as, as a daughter, especially as an like a daughter of immigrants, when your parents really don't relate to a lot of the experiences that you're experiencing. Um, and it's, it's hard to, it's hard to kind of find people in the community or in your extended family who can understand, who can support. So Essentially, you know, creating this network, we're creating this digital and physical space for girls and women of all ages to come together and talk about issues that impact all of us, they impact boys and men as well. I think it's a great place um, for, for people to just connect and know that they're not alone. And that's the feedback that we usually get. And people want us to expand our <laughs> operations and programs, but we are, a, you know, a smaller nonprofit. But hopefully, you know, over time, we can impact even more people across Canada and, and support more people around the world. Exactly. And I think, you know, honestly, social media, love it or hate it, I think one of the great things is that we're all able to connect and talk to one another. Now, mm-hmm. I could go on about this topic with you, Manvir, but I also want to talk about some of the work that you guys are doing as well. One of the programs that I think is super cute is you've rebranded to BG Mom and Me, and this is a one-of-a-kind program that off- offers various activities to grandmothers, mothers, and granddaughters. Can you tell us about that and the importance of bringing, you know, different generations together? For sure, and that actually, that's one of our favorite programs, but it, it was formed out of some research that we had done with a local hospital in Toronto where we found that um, mostly, you know, it's grandmothers, it's the Dadis and the Nannis who have a lot of negative views on granddaughters versus grandsons, and I didn't sit well with me, and I just, I remember being in focus groups with grandmothers and hearing really negative comments about, you know, when they found out they were having a granddaughter, you know, how they felt and how they felt their world was falling apart, and their daughter-in-law was giving birth to stones because, you know, their family lineage was going to stop and all this, you know, bizarre stuff that we had to hear. So I wanted to change that narrative um, and, and kind of eliminate that communication or that intergenerational gap that exists between grandmothers and granddaughters. And so we created this program to really bring the two generations together and talk about, you know, what it means to be a woman, what it means to be a girl, what it means to be a daughter, what it means to be a lady, essentially. And it's been such a such a great program, bringing together so many great, you know, people in one room, different generations, talking about um, folk tales, talking about culture, talking about immigration, talking about son preference, something we don't often do in our in our families. And more recently, um, you know, we had moms telling us we feel left out and we feel we should be a part of the conversation as well. So we've included moms in the conversation more recently as well, and it's it's a really neat. Um, intergenerational space uh, to bring together, you know, three women or sometimes more if there's more grandmothers or sometimes people are bringing their nannies and dadiji both and uh, multiple granddaughters are coming out. And it's um, it's really nice to see, you know, like they're slowly starting to understand each other. They're slowly starting to see why my grandmother wasn't happy about when I was born. Uh, and it's not necessarily anyone's fault. It's more just the cultural, you know, perceptions of what it means to have a son versus a daughter in our community, what's been passed down and and all of that. So, um, yeah, I think that is a is a real game changer, and it's it's one of a kind. The BG Mom and Me program. You also have a very interesting uh, concept called the Ladley Care Package. Uh, tell us more about your Ladley Care Package. For sure, it's uh, again, it's one of those things you know that I wish I had growing up. Just people talking about periods openly is such a natural thing, but we shy away from it so much. And we uh, often did you know uh, holiday drives during the holiday season. And one, uh, one year we had a conversation with a local food bank called Seva Food Bank, um, which, you know, they do great work, but 
they were saying, you know, our community is donating dal, they're, they're donating um, flour, you know, uh, rice, everything, diapers, but nobody donates pads or tampons. And we have so many clients that come in to look for those products. So we then decided that we would create the Largely Care Package, which has essential menstrual health products um, in the package, and the package is $20, and any community member can donate a package in honor of their family member or Largely or anyone they want to donate on behalf of and uh, each month you know we collect donations and then at the end of the month we go and uh, purchase everything put the care packages together and then drop them off uh, at Seva Food Bank for any client who needs them and since 2018 Seva has not had to turn a client away because they did not have a uh, pad or tampons for their clients. That is incredible, Manvir. Now, I could go on and talk to you about so many things, but unfortunately, we (laughs) are running out of time, so I've got to invite you back again on the show. But what is your message, especially for International Women's Day coming up? I think, um, and I say this all the time, I don't think we need one day to remember, you know, or to remind each other uh, about the importance of women and girls in our community. I think, again, Lardia's message is to celebrate your daughters, celebrate the girls and women in your life every single day for big and small achievements and just for being like we celebrate boys right we celebrate boys just just for being there and i think it's important to celebrate girls as well it's important to remind them that you know they matter and they they value uh they are of value to you so i think take time this year you know or on international women's day or every day hopefully to reach out to the women in your life the girls in your life the largely in your life and, you know, show them that you are thinking of them and that you care for them and you are invested in their success and their futures. Um, and I promise you, when you can do that to a girl, her confidence skyrockets and she's going to do great things. Manvir, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. You take care. Thank you so much.